This is the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Good afternoon. I am Cindy Adams, the same brilliant, scintillating, modest Cindy Adams who does the column in the New York Post. I do this broadcast every Sunday on WABC from 1 to 2 with my usual scintillating, semi-scintillating interviews or talks or bits of information. Like, I'm going to tell you this story. We just had the UN here. The ambassadors go to parties. They take our parking spots. They're often pains in the international assets. But another story there is about their wives, secretaries, assistants, women folk, who find themselves in a newly arrived strange land, strange sounds, customs, appliances, and often they must unravel all of it alone. How about if her husband's international, which he is, not domestic? He does not care when nobody in the laundromat speaks Swahili. I know. I know because I've interviewed them. I've been with them. There was one that I was with who was in a hotel. She had no milk for her infant. She didn't even have knowledge of how to get it. The hotel told her for how to get room service. Eventually, she fashioned the baby's formula with room service table sugar instead of dextrose. Another, from a small African country, didn't know uptown versus downtown. Confused with our customs, she'd heard Americans tip. They always tip. So, she tipped a bus driver, who then hollered at her and threw her off the bus. She next didn't tip a cab driver, who then hollered at her and threw her out of the cab. She next locked herself in and wouldn't venture out at all. There was a South American I talked to. She had six children. She was told by her husband, who was busy, she was told to find an apartment. How? She spoke no English. She didn't know about nursery schools, sitters, au pairs, mother's helpers, or even where you find a maid. She cried every day for six months. There was one delegate who ordered four chairs. All arrived broken. So what was she to do? A lady from India, where life is abundant, didn't understand a washing machine. She said, in my country, we don't need. We have people wash our clothes for us. There was Fatima, age 20, from an eastern country. She'd never been away from home. She was alone, frightened, no friends, no family. Some of us helped her find a place to live, took her furniture shopping, and we even invited her to dinner with us. Look, New York is 320 square miles, some big little island. We have eight-ish million inhabitants, over 9,000 subway trains, thousands of different buses, crates 
of foreign language newspapers. And there now exists, now, newly exists, a commission to explain where these newcomers can find a foot specialist or furnished rooms or to buy their needed soya beans or whole pig or you name it, we'll find it, authentic Scandinavian fish cakes, a 100% genuine Polish sausages, or real Arthur Avenue in the Bronx homemade Italian food. They don't know from borscht. One Asian assistant told me, quote, American ladies are stupid. They lack conversation. All they ever ask us is, how do you like the United States? Okay, we now come to a station break, after which I am going to talk with Ralph Hymans. If you don't know the name, the entire country of England does. Mr. Hymans has done the official oil portraits of the entire British royal family, including of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, and he's going to tell us all about it and them. All the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. Okay, after this station break, I am now going to talk with Ralph Hymans. Mr. Hymans has done the official oil portrait of Her Majesty, the British royal family, including Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. And he's going to tell us all about it and them. First, before we start, Ralph, where were you born? You're Australian. Where were you born? I was born in Sydney, Sydney, Australia, in a very ordinary suburban <laughs> place. Well, how did you get to this? And uh, what's your background? Arts, education, yeah. parents, what? Yeah, I'm from a Jewish background, Jewish family. I um, always loved painting and uh, had to break out of Australia to really make it. So I left uh, to live in Paris uh, as soon as I could. And um, started to learn directly from, you know, the, the, the great old masters in the Louvre. That's where my real learning happened. I've got 87 million questions I want to ask you. But before <laughs> we'll start so people can understand. Yeah. How did you, an, an Australian, how did it happen yeah. you got this commission? Yeah, well, it, uh, I put uh, the proposal was put together through the Australian High Commission, who is like the ambassador in the UK, and through the National Portrait Gallery of, of Australia. So it was submitted to the palace, and it took 10 months, and we got a yes. So that's how it happened. Well, how do you submit it? What do you give them, a postcard? What yeah. do you do? Uh, how? You include examples of your work. And I had already done one royal portrait by then. I had painted Princess Mary of Denmark. She's the crown princess of Denmark. And that helped. Yeah. Um, and uh, they must have liked my work. Uh, you can only imagine they have lots of submissions on their table at any one moment. But uh, I got accepted, and it was the Diamond Jubilee portrait, which is uh, a celebration of 60 years on the throne. It was in 2012. So it was like a huge honor uh, and kind of good luck that it fell 
on that important date. Did you get paid? I got paid. <laughs> I did um, because um, the painting was commissioned just to be exhibited in Australia because the Queen loves Australia and she'll do anything to keep the Commonwealth together. So the painting was going to be unveiled at the National Portrait Gallery of Australia. But before it went, Westminster Abbey saw the painting and said, it has to live here. And I said, that's perfect. And so they bought it. And your name is on the painting? Then Yes, the name's on the painting. Yeah. Oh, how... Uh, okay. <laughs> how... I have so many questions. I'm I'm crazed. How did actually doing the Queen happen? Did she herself have to say yes? I I don't understand. Yes, the Queen is involved in every single decision. Uh, what she wears, what diamond she wears, what robe she'll wear. Um, I requested a particular robe. Um, and uh, she apparently the answer from the palace was she wanted to think about it and chat overnight with Prince Philip to make the decision as to which robe to wear. And the one that I requested was the coronation robe, but she hasn't worn it since she was 25 years old. So, she fitted it? She <laughs> well, fitted it? That's why she probably chose another one that she wears every year when she opens state parliament. But she wore that on the day of the coronation uh, as well, when she entered the Abbey as a young girl. So it's amazing. I mean, she had to discuss with Prince Philip what schmata to wear. What else does she have to do? What else does she have to do that she's so busy? She couldn't make this decision. I go to my closet. I can pick out a schmata without, without a problem. Okay. Okay. Did the British, art, the British artists grumble about it? Well, I mean, it was kind of a coveted commission, really, the diamond, the official Diamond Jubilee Commission. So I can only imagine behind the scenes there was a bit of grumbling that an Australian got the gig. Um, what, I don't know what I want to ask. I want to ask <laughs> everything. What particularly was difficult about doing it? Well, learning all the protocols, learning, I mean, what I loved about it, which was also what was difficult, is the pressure. Right. I mean, I didn't love the pressure, but I love learning about the history. I mean, it, yeah, it's a tough job to paint the Queen because it's a blood sport. The, the British tabloids love to criticize. Yeah, I know. Fleet, Fleet Street is murder. Yeah. So you, it's a make or break moment. Um, but then you have the opportunity as an artist to have your work on the world stage because everyone looks at portraits Were you not of the scared? Queen. Oh, it was terrified. I was terrified. I, you know, and I had very little time to do the painting. I had six months to do what is the biggest portrait of the Queen. It's a nine by 11 foot painting. Um, and I was very ambitious choosing such a large scale work. But I wanted to represent the Queen at, alone at night in the Abbey. And she's standing before... But you didn't know what was going to be in Westminster. Oh, I did. I, I, I went there. The dean, actually, the dean of Westminster Abbey allowed me two nights on my own in the Abbey to, to soak up the atmosphere. I got stand-in models to try to uh, put the composition together, the painting. And... Um, he even allowed me to walk on the um, sacred high altar. Oh, my. So I had oh to my take God. my shoes off and walk, was walking around in socks on this uh, 13th century the mosaic. The queen was walking around no, in socks? I, I was. <laughs> Not the queen. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. <laughs> she wouldn't need to take her shoes off. <laughs> what do you say to the queen? H honey, stand here. How do you, wh what do you do? Well, it's, uh, there are all sorts of protocols. I was instructed uh, before, the, before the sitting. And I was told, 
um, because you have to tell the queen what to do. So there's a moment, and, and hey, queen, what is here. the language? And I asked them, what, how do you do that? And they said, you can say, uh, may I take control now, ma'am? And I, I just oh, you're kidding, before I, you ask her yeah. anything? Yeah, it's almost as though, you know, you have control of the country. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit... It's a bit crazy. I could not like physically say that. That was just too. Uh, that was a step. So too you far. mean you're saying that before you pose a question, yes. theoretically, you are supposed to say that? No, when you when you have to direct the queen, because as an artist during the sitting, you have to tell her what to do. You have to tell her how to stand. You have to tell her how to sit. Yeah. And what I wanted in this portrait was a reflective portrait. I wanted the queen to look down, and that you cannot ask the queen so I had to try to think of ways in which I would make her look down without without actually asking her and the queen's dresser kept butting in and saying lift up your head your majesty lift up your head and so I was sort of having this sort of you know battle with the with the dresser to create this reflective mood and so eventually I got someone and this was a plan that I had, you know, last, you know, worst case scenario, I'd get someone to sit on the floor and chat with the queen so she would have to look down when, uh, when she was How talking to him. How many people were present during this? Well, it was just me and her, but I brought this, uh, this chap in who is close friends of the queen to have a, have a little chat How with her. How does the queen have a close friend? She, well, they, you know, the queen has favourites. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they still exist. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, well, well. First of all, why yeah. did she have to look down? I don't understand. Well, because the Diamond Jubilee is a very solemn kind of occasion. It's, it's only happened once before when Queen Victoria had 60 years on the throne. And so I thought it was this moment to take pause, to reflect. And, um, and I think it gives the painting a real mood. And you can really, um, you know, I wanted to have an emotional side, which is not something you see in royal portraiture. So I wanted people to connect with her as a person. Well, what do you say to her? May I control? Will you stand this way, honey? I mean, what, move your behind. What do you, what do you say to a queen when you're painting uh, her? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you well, just have what? to. I don't know. You gently direct her in the right way, but you know, look, it worked out really well. She understood what I was trying to achieve, and um, you know, by all accounts, she was really thrilled with the painting. So, because they never comment, you know, the royal family is not allowed to give an opinion because it gets reported in the press. So, you know, because I actually got a commission from the royal collection, like immediately after I did that painting. So for me, that was like, she was happy. That's how they kind of communicate through, um, through that, <laughs> not through words. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You know, the famous story, Winston Churchill hated his yes. portrait. You know that. I know. Supposing she didn't. <laughs> like it what happens then oh well look the portrait the portrait of the queen is not a very controlled process everyone thinks it probably is but if you have a look at how many different portraits have been done of the queen like lucian freud did a portrait of the queen the size of a postcard and it, it's not flattering so i mean they accept a broad range of sort of types of work and that's actually a positive quality of the palace they allow for creative expression and it's not something people expect. People think that they control. But in terms of portraits, they choose the artist and then they have to so let go. So if it was lousy, they would have lived with it? Well, Is that it? Well, you have to kind of show them for approval before the painting goes public. But I haven't heard of a situation where they've rejected it. 
but you do have to go through the motions and I and I did when I finished the painting I had a private viewing and people from the palace came and it got the nod of approval in fact they were really really delighted with the painting what about her when how did she see it what? she saw it first in a photograph and there's a story that came back and I'm not ever supposed to report these stories. No, God but, knows. Go ahead. And, What's and, the story? And if it wasn't Hurry on up. radio, I wouldn't tell it. Yeah, of course Apparently, not. Apparently, <laughs> when they were looking at the picture for the first time, one of the ladies in waiting said, don't you think you look a bit sad, ma'am? And she said, well, if you were standing on the spot where you were crowned 60 years ago, would you have a cheesy grin? She said she that? She said that. And when I heard that, I thought, gee, she got it. She really got what I was trying to do. Which is amazing. Oh, I, 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 of course it's amazing. You know, she's really sharp. She's a super sharp woman. A thousand you know, it's years amazing. ago. Was, a thousand years ago, yeah. when we had a man called Bob Hope, the yeah. comedian Bob Hope, of course. who was a friend of mine. Right. He used to go to Her Majesty and, and he said, you don't know what she's like. She has a great sense of humor. Yeah. She used to talk to us in a Dutch dialect. Really? She would make fun of the famous photographs or paintings on the wall. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is not a, a, a concept of the queen, we think. Yes. We think she's entirely exactly. broad, you know, it's enough already. No, with she's a smart, a smart and funny person, actually, to the people who know her. What did you say to her? Actually. <laughs> uh, I, I think I said, may I now direct you, ma'am? I think that's that was, I couldn't say take control. That was too much. So may I now direct you what? Yeah. Move to the left, yes, move right? Yes, exactly. Could you lift the robe? See, she was wearing this incredible robe that has, it's 18 feet long. You need four footmen to carry it. And, um, and so, you know, this is the queen at 85 uh, and wearing this extremely heavy robe. But I wanted her to lift it to show really how heavy it was because it's a sort of, for me, it was like a symbol of the burden of office, you know. And because I wanted people to feel when they saw the painting what it's like to be queen. Okay, so you said lift the robe? Yes, Your Majesty. I said lift the robe, you know, and she did. You know, she knows the drill. She sat for more portraits than anybody on How the planet. How long did planet. you have her each time? I had her only for one hour. But I was lucky because it was the Diamond Jubilee and no other artist got a, an hour with her that year. So I okay, took what but, I could get. <laughs> but, 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 but tell me how long... Ralph, how long did this whole thing take? I only had six months from the sitting to the unveiling. So I was, I was working 18 to 20 hours a day. Were you a nervous wreck? I was a total nervous wreck. I'd gone green. I, I was locked. I locked myself in the studio, food under the, under the door, uh, you know, so it was really crazy. Okay. How do you, I'm not an artist, so any, the questions I will ask yeah. is possibly yeah. stupid. Yeah. But if you're in a, a country, yeah. Possibly you do not have access to the paintings or the, the, the whatever you actually want. How could you get exactly the correct colors and things in a foreign country? No, I painted it in the UK. I, I, I'm based in London. So I moved from Sydney to, um, to London for the commission. Specifically, so you were yeah. at, uh, you could have access to any kind of exactly. Paint? So I went back to Westminster Abbey all the time for references. I could I had time with the Queen's robe. They they gave me time with her clothes separately as well, which was great. I don't suppose 
she ever had to go to the ladies' room during the sitting? <laughs> no. They, <laughs> Don't queens go to the can ever? <laughs> they have this military sort of mentality, the royal family. And it's amazing. They're super disciplined. They don't pee. They don't complain and they don't pee. I don't know. What <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, okay. That, that's famous. For, they're famous for that. So how do you address a queen who's sitting there for an hour? Your, your majesty? Yeah, can I yes, control you start, or what? Yeah, you start with your majesty and then you can say ma'am. That's how you must refer to her. And, um, and we had a conversation. How? And like what? We, we chatted. Um, she Chat just, like what? Well, what she, is she going to ask you? <laughs> what are you doing with your hairpiece? How do you do your beard? What is she going to ask well, you, Well, the Ralph? questions generally went one way. Um, I, you know, she did not ask questions <laughs> of me. <laughs> but we, you know, she had just come back from a tour of Australia where she, was, she had glowing you know, responses from people. And so I talked about that. You know, I asked her how her tour was, and, and we, t- we talked about that. And, um, and I told her about what I wanted to achieve in the painting. And it's a, you know, it's a big deal for her, so she... Oh, it's an enormous thing, but yeah. it's even worse for you. I mean, yeah. if it, 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 you say to her, I mean, look this way, honey. Yeah. This is the what you would do with an artist yeah. or a portrait yeah. or, or a photographer. Yeah. Honey, look this way or turn this way. Well, yeah. how do you actually direct each little... Thing or the yeah. eyes or the hair. Or well, how do you-, you just have to, you know, you know, have courage and 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 just ask her. You've got to, you know. But she 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 knows, you know, that the artist needs certain things. It's a precious time. Apparently, Annie Leibovitz only had fifteen minutes with the Queen, so I don't know how she, you know, she coped with such a short time. But you choreograph that hour. And, and the Queen knows that you need to get all the information to do the portrait from that sitting. And so, you know, it was intense. It was a really intense You hour. also did Charles, about whom nobody really cares. But so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, Char- I, I painted Prince Charles and I also painted Prince Philip. Okay. It was the last portrait before he passed away. So tell me about Prince Philip. Well, he's, you know, famously gruff and grumpy. Yeah. And uh, I was warned by the palace in advance. They said he can be impatient and he may decide to walk off at any moment. (laughs) So I took that on board and I kind of like when he walked in, I had a military style program for him to, to tell him. So basically, I wanted him to do one thing over and over again just to get it right. And that's a really hard with an impatient you know, 95-year-old man. So I had various stations set up in the room in Buckingham Palace. You had what set up? Various sort of like stations for where I would take pictures and he would make the same movement in various spots, you know. So I got that same thing, you know, that same position over and over again, but without him feeling as though he was repeating himself. Because so what was, do you do? You do it with a camera or do you, how uh, do you? Yeah, once again, I only had one hour with Prince Philip. So you want to take advantage of that hour as best you can. And so I, you know, I, yeah, I, I had a sort of a choreographed sort of hour of, of, and he stayed for the whole time and he chatted with me afterwards. So he actually had a good time. What kind you know, of a camera? Well, he, I, mean, I use a Nikon, you know, I, you know, there's nothing extraordinary about the camera. For me, photographs are like visual notes. And then I do a drawing and I compose the painting. So it gives me time because sometimes the best moment for the, when you, to capture the city is in a sort of an instant where they lose, they, they forget, they lose their guard and they're just sort of in their own thoughts. 
So sometimes I look for those spaces between, you know, the... the what did you talk about with Prince Philip? He's not chatty. Well, he's not chatty, but he does like... He likes art because he, he used to paint, actually, himself. He used to paint from the deck of the, the Royal Britannia yacht. He did lots of things on the yeah, Royal Britannia. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about that. We were talking about art and painting. And um, so he was actually interested in the creative process of the portrait. You know, in, in his way. I mean, look, the funny thing, he, he's full of, you know, it's nothing but laughs with Prince Philip. He likes to, he's got a real kind of gruff sense of humor. And, you know, fortunately, some people take offense but uh, it just made me laugh. And, and so we actually had a good time. What do you do about the lighting? How do you... Well, I set up all the lights and, yeah, there's beautiful natural light in the, in the yellow drawing room where artists do all their portraits of the royal family. Okay, so who else? You did Charles. Tell me I about did Charles. Charles, Charles is um, passionate about the environment. And um, so you, he just loves to talk about it. So it was super chatty. Um, we had a, you know, and he was really interested in the, in, in the p- portrait as well because he paints too. And he's, you know, he loves art. And so there was a lot to talk about with Prince Charles. So, like what? Wow. I mean, you nobody know, talks about Prince Charles. Who cares about Prince Charles, basically? So what did you talk to Prince, <laughs> Prince Charles? Remember is the him next about the Tampax? Excuse uh, me. I mean, what did you talk about? Well, Tampax? What does that what? say about him? He's a man with a sense of humor. <laughs> He really is. He's or a sense of sex, which, I mean, Tampax is not really no. humor. <laughs> he's really charming. He's charming. He's funny. Um, you know, he communicates with people. I mean, if li- their lives would be terribly boring if, you know, they didn't engage with the people, you know, that they, they come across. And they do. That's what, that's what they like to do. That's why Prince Philip is so funny and, and sometimes inappropriate, you know, because the humor misses the mark. But he just wants to make, pe- make people laugh, and he wants to have a good time. If he's opening some sort of plaque, you know, if it, unless he makes a joke with somebody, it's going to be a pretty dull moment for him. So now what I, I understand, Her yeah. Majesty hangs in... Yes, in, in Westminster Abbey, and the portrait of Prince Philip and Prince Charles are in the Royal Collection. What, I don't know what that... What is, <laughs> means the Royal Collection? The Royal Collection is the collection of the Queen... But the portrait of Prince Philip was actually personally purchased by the Queen, which is, which is a, a rare honour. Um, so she, she, she had a, a, you know, a, an affinity with the portrait. And being his last portrait, she decided to acquire it for the royal collection. But, she, but it was under her instruction. Okay, going yeah. back again, I don't understand. What is the royal The collection? royal collection is the collection of, of all the monarchs throughout the years. It is the most incredible private collection in the world, without any exception. You know, no, no Astor or, you know, uh, or, or great, uh, you know, Collector or Carnegie or anything had anything like the royal family of, of Great Britain. It's the biggest art collection in the world. Where is it? It's in Buckingham Palace. It's in Windsor Castle. It's, it's throughout, in the halls. Is it's that- in the halls. And when you put it together, you have Rembrandts, Vermeers, you have the most extraordinary collection of art. You went through it? You were yeah, I was allowed to see it. Yeah. Yeah, oh it's my. incredible. Oh, my. Yeah. So where is, you don't know where he's hanging. Yeah, he's hanging in St. James's Palace. But he was, um, it, it was recently on tour and it was in Windsor Castle 
to celebrate his 100 years. He, he, he died only two months, I think, before he turned 100, which was a bit of a shame. He almost made a century. But um, they still celebrated his centenary, um, and that was uh, sort of uh, last June, I think. Okay, so back to Her Majesty. Yeah. Supposing you're supposed to see her at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just making a thing. <laughs> yeah. What happens first? Is, I mean, I've been with the Shah, yeah. and I've been with a lot of... And yeah. I know how it works. What happened? Do they well, do a gong? Do they open a golden door? Well, How does it work? Well, my experience was like unforgettable. So I, all portraits take place in one room. It's called the yellow drawing room. And it's at the end of this very long corridor in Buckingham Palace. And, you know, they give you cucumber sandwiches and, and the tea, high tea. They, they do all that. But the, when the Queen approached, she approached from the other end of this corridor and um, she was wearing the robe of state and the, the, the state dress. And she was like encrusted in jewels. And she was basically sparkling as she, as she walked. And there were these footmen carrying the robe. So it was like the theatrical entrance. You could virtually hear trumpets <laughs> playing. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I got the full works. Yes. You know, most people meet the queen in a you know, two-piece, you know, with a string of pearls <laughs> and a handbag. Yeah. You know, I get to see her. Um, and it was remarkable dressed to the nines, you know, in, in, in the most formal attire ever. And she stood for the entire hour? Yeah. Well, she stood and then she had to sit for, for, for half of it because it was a very heavy robe. But she was a great sport. She was a terrific sport. You know, once, when, one time when, when I was with Her, Ma- Her Majesty, yeah. uh, we were outside and they, they were walking. Yeah. She has these interesting courtiers. Yeah. And the handbag, that stupid ass handbag, that schlepping thing, <laughs> she schleps it from one hand to the other yeah. when she wants the courtier to move her ah, on. Yes, there are when all she's sorts of codes. With, with whomever yeah, she's that, speaking. That's right. The handbag is very coded, all the gestures. Did you see any other little things? No, well, that she, she wasn't. <laughs> she had no handbag. So she had nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, and, okay, tell yeah. me, oh, how do you, how does an artist. Do the hair so it yeah. doesn't look so it doesn't look fake. Your yeah. hair doesn't look fake. Thank you. I mean the yeah. color and the hairs. You almost see the individual ha- yeah, hair. Yeah, I mean you know the hair is such a characteristic element of the queen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's silvery and it's 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 sort of like a <laughs> a helmet the way it's sort of so structural, you know, sculptural. Um, but yeah, no, I. I, you know, I, I managed to paint it. I, I use all these traditional um, mediums, like I use lead white to paint with, and I, I, I use a 17th century oil painting technique. And that what's and that, a 17th century oil pa- technique? <laughs> even that's even beyond me. I mean, um, so I've studied the old masters and how they built up their canvas in order to create these effects of light. Uh, I'm actually part Dutch, so I, that you know, I love Dutch art and I love Rembrandt. And I studied his technique and I worked from a dark ground up to build up the lights and it creates this glowy quality. Did you rehearse with painting? Yeah. Like uh, I would rehearse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I developed that technique over years and years. But 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 before you would do her, ah, did you paint on, I, on I, some palette? <laughs> I drew, I, I did a, a real sketch like a, of exactly how I wanted her to look. And, that, and then I followed that sketch. So yes, that's I, I do drawings first. So that's my rehearsal. That's my practice, and I and I compose the painting on paper first, so that I know exactly where to place her. You know, when you're doing a, a nine by eleven foot painting, you don't want to sort of 
you know, have to paint her out and move her <laughs> quick. You know? Okay, yeah. so what are you doing now? What are you doing in the United States? I mean, you can't be like a bum doing nothing after you've done all this. What are you doing? I'm, I'm getting away from what was a difficult year in London, you know, with the pandemic. And I'm, I'm traveling again and I'm loving it. New York City is one of my favorite cities in the world. If Greatest not my favorite city. city in the world. Greatest city in the world. It's amazing. You're going to go back to Britain? Yes, I'm going back via Florence, which would be nice. And what are you going to do? Do you have anybody else famous you're going to do? Yeah, I'm doing some work with the Houses of Parliament in London, and I'm doing some work with Parliament House in Australia. So it's a, it's a year of politicians. <laughs> well, Ralph, I have enormously enjoyed you. And we, you. we share a friend, an Australian friend, who's yes. one of the richest men in Australia. Yeah. He's my friend and he's your friend. Yes. And that's how we came to meet. Exactly. And I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, likewise. It's Thank been you. wonderful. Thank you for coming. A real Thank pleasure. you, Ralph. Thank you, Cindy. Bye. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. So I got some stories I feel like getting off my chest. Okay. Now, I did a little piece about the photo that was in the newspaper recently of our former governor with his beard and his boat and his dog and his smile and his sailing happily. Well, the following is what I happen to also know. It came from an aide who sneaked out these words. He was advised to not shave for a few days. It wasn't his original idea. He was advised to grow a beard. He was suggested that he should send out Instagram photos sailing on a boat with his dog. Why? Because stuff had been written earlier that he hadn't wanted the dog named Captain. So the idea being programmed is that this way He'll look easy, friendly, likable, and less political. Also, you should know an executive staffer is still managing Andrew's press and image. However, you should also know, with the focal of local yokel hokel, many already wish he were back. Okay, now. Broadway. We are being Macbethed out. It's Daniel Craig and Ruth Negger coming as Lady Macbeth to Broadway. Also, at the same time, there's there's another Macbeth in stride or whatever it's called, something like that. That's the name. It's a thing with Whitney White at the American Repertory Theater, and also coming. It's Denzel Washington who knocked off Julius Caesar on Broadway plus Richard III and just opened the New York Film Festival in yet more Macbeth. Age 66, among the oldest to play the tortured king, Denzel says, This, the ultimate challenge and ultimate reward, is where I started and where I want to finish. His Macbeth is in black and white, and to be or not to be in theaters Christmas. Wait, I got more. Kenneth Branagh, he knows 
Belfast. Belfast is to be a movie about a place and a people I love, he says. It is my most personal film. The cast includes Judy Dench. He says, I know Belfast. I was born there. The small boy in the film is based on me. He says late 1960s was tumultuous. It was dramatic, violent, turmoil. We lived in fear. My family and I were caught in it. It has taken me 50 years to survive the scars and to find a way to write about this. He says the story percolated inside me, not only about a small family in a stressful situation, also about a different kind of lockdown. It was barricades at the end of our street, constraints tightening around the family, struggling with the decision to stay in our native Ireland or go. It was confinement, concern for the state safety of your family. It resonates with today's pandemic. Kenneth Branagh's Belfast opens November 12th. Now let me tell you about James Corden, a Brit wit. He likes karaoke, not chrysanthemums. Gurgling in his car, yes. Flowers in his home, no. He declared roses, pansies, dandelions, orchids, a waste. He considers flower shops are a great American story, 60,000 small businesses, but this foreign weed wants them shut. What the hell does he know? He's a transplant growing his money in this country. The floral industry is upset. Flowerpowerdaily.com reminds us, quote, flowers silently assure us that beauty and solace exist, end of quote. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Enough already with this debt ceiling that they're all hollering about in Washington. They've been debating it. Listen, it must be raised, and it has been raised. Our Constitution states that bills accrued by Congress must be paid. This was ratified after the Civil War obligations. This 14th Amendment stipulates Congress never question, quote, validity of the public debt of the United States. 1917, it assisted Woodrow Wilson funding World War I Liberty Bonds. 1939, it authorized Roosevelt to eliminate limits relating to those bonds. Refusal to raise government debts would stop Social Security, Medicare, military salaries, and destabilize our currency. Since 1962, the ceiling's been raised 49 times under Republican presidents. 
29 under Democratic presidents, it becomes unconstitutional for Congress not to pay debts it uncurs. When Trump wanted the ceiling raised, no Democrat voted nay. Now, Mitch McConnell said no Republican will vote to raise it. But not to worry. Failing a maybe short, painful shutdown, the debt ceiling will and was ultimately raised. You heard it here. Wait, I got another legal thing here. Recently filed court papers disclose Shirlane McRae sat in on interviews of police chief candidates and other officials, quote, as employment decisions were made about who should hold the police department's highest rank, close quote. This was uncovered in a lawsuit about Joanne Jaffe, who had been the city's first three-star chief. Jaffe was ousted by a younger, less experienced Latina, whose interview de Blasio's wife attended. Shirlane's managerial skills have already been called into question. Next question is, when did she become qualified to select police chiefs? And does she also interview fire chiefs, too? I just want to tell you this one thing. It really happened. In Manhattan, in the middle of New York City, my own car followed one, a gray one. Its New York license plate read, quote, Be nice to me. I could be your nurse. End quote. That's only in New York, kids. Only in New York. And so am I. And I'll speak to you next week. Same time, same station. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.